Mark chapter number 5, verses 25 through 34. When you get there, you can say amen. I love Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm hungry or something like that. <laughs> Verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow, or in the King James Version, an issue of blood for 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She has spent all that she had and was no better. But she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes or his garments, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith, look at the name and say your faith, has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Father, we want you to know this morning that we are excited about, Father, what you're about to deposit into our spirits. Father, we believe that this word today will fall on good ground and God bring forth fruit that will make us better people. That will make us, Father, and shape and mold us and, and Father God, take us to the next level of blessing and favor that you have for your people. Father, I decrease that your spirit might increase in me. I stand as a servant, just happy to be able to stand before your people and minister. Holy Spirit, empower me by your spirit. For it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord, that this word will bring forth the kind of fruit that will reap everlasting benefits. In Jesus' name, Amen. We began a series last week talking about God encounters. And uh, we spoke last week about embracing your divine moment. We talked about how that in your life, walking with God, that there will be moments and, and times where the Holy Spirit of God will move in your life and that you are to seize the moment. And so... As we have come here this morning, and you saw that I had asked the question on the onset of this message, I believe that it is so important that there is an attitude, an atmosphere of faith. How many of you need something from God? 
How many of you really came this morning looking for and desiring and wanting an encounter with God? I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, you didn't just come saying, well, you know, I just want to come to church today so I can do the obligatory thing and said I came to church. You see, there's a level of faith for that, you see, but but how many of you really came and said, you know, Lord, I'm coming to church today and I'm going to expect something wonderful to happen in my life. See, I want this church to be a culture whereby that you get excited every time the church doors open, that you're excited and you, you're enthusiastic because you believe that your best moment could happen that you can have an encounter with God that will change your life forever. An enthusiastic people, a, a people that's full of life and full of passion and just waiting and expecting God to move. Reminded of a scripture in Mark chapter number six. You have to turn there. Mark six verses five and six. I want you to listen to this. And because of their unbelief, say unbelief. He couldn't do any mighty miracles among them except to place his hand on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. So you know what that verse tells me? That the Bible said that Jesus could not do many mighty miracles there. What it tells me is that he wanted to do some mighty miracles, but he was hindered. Because the people didn't believe that God could touch them. See, I'm here this morning to raise your level of faith and your expectancy. That you're not going to, your situation is not going to stay the same. That your situation will and is going to change. Life is going to be better for you because you serve a God who is the God of the living and not the dead. You serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. So you got to so look at the name and say, do you believe this? You got to believe that all things are possible to him who believes. See, I believe that we're going to be talking about faith this morning, how that this one lady was encountered by God in such a powerful way that her life was changed forever. But, you know, I believe that Everything that happens in your life, particularly those things that challenges you, that this world system is set up so that it could try to get you to doubt God. Think about it. Every time you turn around, you hear some new article, some new something about, well, did Jesus really exist? Oh, well, the Bible is not really this. Or, and every time you turn around, they're, they're bringing up questions. And now it's almost like a spirit that goes around and almost that, that tries to even deny our Christian heritage and what the founding fathers, for an example, had in mind when this nation was founded. Everything about, listen, everything about you as a believer, Satan, see, your life is a life of faith. And if Satan can get you to doubt this book, if he can get you to doubt the word, if he can get you to doubt whether or not God is really there or even listening to you, then he's won half the battle. Because if you have no faith, then how, how are you going to respond if you have no faith? You're not going to respond because you don't really believe. 
And so the Bible talks about in Hebrews, don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your faith. Don't, st- don't throw away the things that God has promised you. How many of you would say you believe the word of God? You better believe the word of God because let me tell you, there, it's going to be challenged. But, you know, it's funny because man can do what he wants. But Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. They can say all they want to say. How many know this book will stand the test of time? And it has stood the test of time. And so we have to be a people that understands that the enemy wanted to throw. He wanted to get you to doubt God. He wanted to get you to throw away your faith. He wanted to get you to a point where you're just kind of winging it. Just, just kind of going through life and just kind of going through the motions instead of living a life that is full of faith and expectation. A life that is, a life that is active and vibrant. How do you know God's people are vibrant? God's people are warriors. God's people, the Bible says we're more than conquerors. That means you didn't just, you didn't just barely win. He said you're more than that. Jesus said in his word that in this life you will have trouble. But be of good cheer because he says, I've overcome the world. And if I've overcome, then you have overcome. You've got to look at yourself as an overcomer. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to anybody today? You've got to look at yourself as an overcomer. Amen. God want to do some extraordinary things in your life. And, and, and it's important to understand, to understand that if you're going to have your God encounter, you got to be, listen, you got to be in an attitude of faith and expectancy. Because where there's no expectancy, there's no faith. See, if you have no expectation, you, you, you don't really have any faith. But boy, show me somebody that's expecting something. I'll show you somebody that has faith that their situation is going to change. How many believe your situation is going to change today? How many of you believe that you can have a God encounter today? <laughs> Let's lay a foundation. Look at Hebrews chapter number six. Hebrews chapter number six. Verse, uh, Hebrews chapter number 11, I'm sorry, verse six. Hebrews 11, verse six. I want you to track with me. I'm going to lay a foundation for faith, and then we're going to get into our foundational text. But Hebrews chapter number six. Now watch this. I want you to read this. I want you to see this. Because how many know this is the word? And this is why faith is so important. Watch this. He says now, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. I want to stop right there. Think about that. You see why the enemy challenges you so much about faith? Because the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. To please is to satisfy, to bring pleasure to. And without faith, you and I, we, we cannot please God. We cannot get to the next level. That's why the enemy fights us so much. Now watch this. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. First, that's number one. So you got to believe. First, you got to recognize that without faith, you can't please him. So we understand now that we got to have faith. Now, your faith may not be like Brother Larry's faith or Brother Reed's faith, Brother Stacy's faith. But, but you got to have faith. Everybody is growing in their faith. Now, without it, it's impossible to please God. Then he goes on to say, watch this. He goes on to say that you got to believe that he is. You remember Moses? God sent Moses to Pharaoh, said, Moses. Moses said, Lord, who would I tell him sent me? They're not going to believe me. God said, tell him I am. 
sent you. Amen. That means that he's, he exists always forever. Amen. He has no beginning. He has no end. Amen. You ever have somebody try to talk about God? You can't get into, don't get, you try to get into the theology of God. Well, where did God come from? He's always been there. Amen. He's always existed. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He's God. You can't comprehend that because you ain't God. Just receive it. Believe it. Walk in it. Watch this. So you got to believe he is, but not only that he is, watch this, he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. How do you know that God wants to reward you? I just read to you a moment ago how the scripture says that Jesus could not do many mighty works in his hometown because of their unbelief. So Jesus was saying, I really want to do some mighty things, but the people, they don't believe me. You got to believe that God wants to reward you. That when you get on your knees, you get on your faith, that God is more interested in rewarding you than you are willing to believe. He said, I am a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. That means that, that, I, that, I, that, that I get on my face. I cry out to God. That's why the Bible says the fervent, righteous prayers uh, availeth much. The prayers of the righteous avail as much fervent prayer that when you and I cry out to God, that's why I don't like no dead prayer meetings. So that when there's passion and when, there, when we cry out to God, God says, I will reward those that diligently come after me. Now, how many of you say God is a liar? Good. Your theology is right. I'm happy nobody said that. I mean, no, God is not a liar that he's a man. God is not a man that he should lie. And if God says, I'm going to reward those that seek me, then you ought to believe that if I seek him, I'm going to get a reward. Now, here's the thing we get jacked up on sometimes is that the reward don't come quick enough. I mean, no, we live in a microwave society. I want it what? Now. I don't want to wait. Everything is now. I want my got my remote control. I got my text. I got my PDA. I want my information now. I don't want to wait. I can't wait till I get home to get the email. I want it now. We live in a microwave society. But here's the thing. God is not a microwave God. See, you live in time. He lives outside of time. Come on. He lives outside of time. So your time frame and God's time frame is two totally different things. And so what happens is we pray and we say, God, I'm, God, I want you to do this. I want you to do that for me. And, and then when it don't happen right away, well, I guess the Bible don't work. Now, the Bible talks about how there's a fullness of time. See, there's an unknown to this thing. There's a mystery. But what you can know that whatever God said in his word is going to happen, it's going to happen. Do you hear me? If God says it in his word, it is going to happen. may not happen in your time frame, but you can best believe if God said it, it's going to happen. It's going because he's a God of the breakthrough. He's a God of promise. And God does not forego his promises. Look at Mark chapter number 11. Say with me, Mark chapter number 11, verses I hope I got this right. Mark 11, verses 22 to 23. Watch this. We'll start in verse number 22 of Mark chapter 11. It says, watch this, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, 
be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Uh-oh. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I'm glad I read that. Because then you can't say I made it up. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus, this is Jesus talking. How do I know it's Jesus? Because it's in the red. So y'all got the red letter edition in your Bible? That means Jesus talking. And Jesus tells his disciples, he says, have faith in God. He starts with that. Have faith in God. And that when you pray, you ought to believe that what you're praying, you're going to have. You're going to receive whatever it is you say. Now, let's look at the context of that. Because some folk will say, well, well, Lord, I prayed for this, then that, and, 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 and it did not happen. Well, here's the question. When you prayed, whatever it was you prayed, was it consistent with what God's word says? See, that's not an open-ended thing. See, watch this. Most people in the body, not you, because y'all are sanctified, holy. Y'all, y'all people, we're talking about the people out there, not y'all. Y'all got it together. But most people out there, when they pray, they don't pray about kingdom agenda. Kingdom agenda is not number one. When a lot of people pray, it's about me, mine, and mine. Well, I want God to bless me. Lord, I'm praying God for a million dollars. How many of you have ever prayed that prayer? Y'all are lying. Well, here's the question. What are you going to do with a million dollars? Why would God want to trust you with a million dollars? For what? Because how I many know the Bible says seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. Now, this is not a popular message, but, but stay with me because I'm trying to show you the key to answering, getting your prayers answered. When you pray for the sake of the kingdom, you can expect God to come through for you. Because it's all about the kingdom. So now you can't pray, well, Lord, I like brother so-and-so, so I want to get rid of this spouse and get me another one. No. <laughs> what the Bible says right here, pastor, you said, therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe and you'll get it. So I'm believing that. No, you are wrong. You can't ask anything that's not, in, that's not consistent with his word. But when you begin to pray with a kingdom agenda, meaning that I'm praying and thinking of ways that I can advance the kingdom, now you're talking. You will get God's attention. Now when you pray, you can believe that what you're praying for is going to happen. So I know I got to start right there. I know that if I'm going to come to God before I even open my mouth, if I don't believe it, I might want to think twice about it. Because Jesus says effective prayer is prayer that is bathed in faith. That I believe that what I'm asking God for, I'm going to get. I'm not there saying, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. You didn't come through for me last. I mean, no, that, that's not the right kind of prayer. Lord, I'm not sure. God, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. I didn't know you were there last week. I'm not sure if you were really listening to me, God, because you know. Look at James chapter 1. And then we'll move into our text. James chapter 1. And we're going we're gonna to show you a little bit more crystal. We're going to crystallize this for you. James chapter number 1. And watch this and start in verse number 5. Now listen to this. He 
He says, if any of you lack wisdom, how many of you would say you lack wisdom every now and then? Yes, I need some wisdom about a lot of things. But listen to this. Now, I asked you earlier, do you believe God's word, right? I just, you know, watch this. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, here's what he says, let him ask of God. So here we go. We said, Lord, I need wisdom about this, about that. He says, let me ask. He said, ask of God. Just, just ask me. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But watch this. But here's a condition attached to it. Oh, we don't like those conditions. Oh, Lord, I want you to bless me, bless me, bless me. But, 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 but those conditions, I want you to bless me no matter what. I mean, no, you know, God, has, God is a God of principles. God is a God of order. Now watch this. He says, watch the conditions. He says, but let him ask in what? Come on, say it a little loud if you're there with me. Let him ask in what? With, with no what? Doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For watch this, for let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. That's deep. He says, now, if you're going to ask me for something, then you need to come and ask me in faith. You see, he said, a double-minded man. You know what a double-minded person is? That's a person that's not yet really committed to the word. Well, Lord, I know you said to forgive, but maybe in this one instance, you're willing to make an exception. See, you're double-minded. Lord, I know you said I'm to give. I'm to give abundantly. I know, Lord, you talk about giving the tithe. I understand that. But, Lord, I'm not really sure if I do that, you're really going to come through for me. See, I'm still in the valley of decision. I didn't get a whole lot of amens on that, but I'm going to keep preaching. <laughs> because, see, there got to be, watch this. Now, they got to see a double-minded person, they, they, they pick and choose what they believe from the word of God. They're still in the valley of decision. Well, should I obey this or shouldn't I? Well, I know God's word said do this, but I don't know if I want to do it that way, God. I'm not really there. Then we make, the, here's, here's a classic one. I'm not there yet. I'm growing. Well, just, if you're growing, you do what he says. Right? If you're growing, it says, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to love. Love those, bless those that persecute you. Do good to those that, that, that mistreat you and say all kind of evil about you. Well, you don't know, Pastor. They were talking about me. You, you don't, you, but see, my situation is different, unlike anything that ever happened on the planet since the world began. They, what they said about me has never, ever happened to anybody else on the planet but me. I have a unique situation, Pastor. Bible says love. Love your enemies. How many got enemies? You better love them. See, because you cannot be, listen, you cannot be in the place. See, that's a double-minded person to the person that's just not committed yet. They're not committed to saying, you know what, I'm going to take God at his word and I'm just going to believe it. See, if you get to a point, if you want your faith to grow, you want to have your God encounter, you got to get to a point that whatever God's word says, well, show me that in the word. That's what the word says, I'm doing it. Because sometimes the Bible says, you know, we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Sometimes we don't know. But see, in this church, Hey, this, is what, this is a problem you come here because you start hearing the word, because I preach the word. And then what happened is you're accountable for what you hear. So you can't walk out here and say, well, pastor didn't teach you. I'm telling you right now, you better obey what it says. How I many you want to be blessed? You want your God encounter. 
You can't be double-minded. He said, because here's, here's the thing. He says, let not that person think they're going to receive anything from me. Is that what the Bible says? Or is that what Pastor Gary says? Let not that man think or suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He says, because when you're double-minded, you're unstable in all your ways. So we need to be a people that commit. Look at the neighbor and say, commit. I didn't say be perfect, but you need to commit that if the word of God says it, I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to try to ask questions. I'm not going to try to figure it all out. How many know you ain't going to figure it all out? That's why it's called a life of faith. The just I live by what? Faith. So you're not going to figure it all out. Just come to the conclusion. Just come to the realization. Okay, there's some things I'm just not going to know, but that's okay. Because the just shall live by faith. Now, look at this one. Let's go back to Mark chapter 5. And this is our foundational and closing text. We'll stay here for the rest of this sermon. Mark chapter 5. Now, I just read to you about the woman that had the issue. We just read this story. Mark chapter number 5. We'll go back there. Now, the interesting thing about this woman, she had, I like the King James Version, because in the, in the uh, New King James, it says that she had a flow of blood. But in King James, it says she had an issue of blood. I like that issue. How many of you have issues? This woman had an issue. She had been sick for 12 years. She had been hemorrhaging blood. All right? She went to every doctor that she could think of. She went to every counselor. She went to every priest. She did everything that she knew to do, and she could do no more. How many have ever done everything you know to do? So this woman had an issue. Now, all of us got issues. Am I right about it? If you're living, you got an issue. Your issue could be an issue of sickness. It could be uh, an addiction to something, an emotional problem, a relational problem. Could be everybody got issues. But the question is, what do you do with your issues? When you have your issues, is your primary target to talk to is my best buddy so I can tell them how terrible this person is. You know, I find out that the more, the more I live this life, I've come to a realization that there's very little, and don't get me wrong, I, I believe in talking to people, I believe in sharing with people, but you know, I've grown up to a point that I just know that there's something God just got to help me with. And you know, and sometimes people make things worse. You know, I call you up to get encouraged, and you just, you just bringing me down. <laughs> uh, you know, I got issues. I need you to lift me. I need you to help me. And so sometimes you got to come to places in your life where you just got to learn how to encourage yourself. Amen. This woman had an issue of blood, but she didn't sit there and just kind of say, okay, it's over for me. I'm never, ever going to get healed. It's all over. Because if that would have been the case, when she heard that Jesus came by, she wouldn't have got up. But she heard that Jesus came by. Which tells me that that woman still had hope that somehow, some way, that she was going to get released from this sickness that she had. And so it says in verse number 26 that she spent all that, that she had and was no better, but got worse. How many have ever, like, done some things? Oh, oh I'll put it this way. You finally make a decision that you're going to do the right thing. 
You're going to obey God. You're going to follow his word. And all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, things are going to get better because the pastor or somebody told me or whatever that if I do this, this is going to get better for me. And then it gets worse. How many have ever experienced that? That things, I mean, you do everything right and you're trying to do the right thing. But then no matter what you do, it seems like instead of things getting better, it's getting worse. And you're like, man, does somebody got a tag on my back or what? I can't get a break. How many have ever been there? That things get worse. You know, what I've learned in walking with God is sometimes that oftentimes or right before your most prolific breakthrough of blessing, you go through your most significant trial. Think about the children of Israel, right? Moses, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses goes to Pharaoh, let him go. And Moses started doing all these miracles. And the Bible says that Pharaoh after Moses came, oppressed the people even more. Now, Moses told the people, God sent me here to get you out of this. God told me to come to help you. And Moses go to help them, but then Pharaoh gets upset, and he oppresses them even more. And they tell Moses, look, you got to go, brother, because things have gotten worse. But things weren't getting worse. They were just going through a transition. And sometimes when you're coming out of something, you go through a period of transition, it may get worse because you're leaving stuff behind and you're going into a new dimension. But it's, go it's going to work out for your good. Amen. Because how many know the children of Israel, they ultimately got delivered. Amen. They got delivered. And boy, they were praising God. But before that, they were like, God, it's getting worse. I mean, I'm trying to do everything I know to do. And things are not getting any better. It's getting worse. But you got to stay the course. Amen. Because what, what it says is that your breakthrough is right around the corner. Some of you have been going through, this is a prophetic word, some of you have been going through some stuff. You've been going, you've been dealing, I don't know if it's a relational problem, financial problem, but some of you have been dealing with stuff and you've been trying to do the right thing and things are getting worse for you. God sent me to tell you this morning that your time is coming to hold on. You're about to experience the biggest breakthrough of your life. Amen. Do you believe that? That's a prophetic word. God, God speaking in my spirit. He spoke, I said this morning, increase was screaming in my spirit. Increase, increase. I don't know what you're going through. But all it is is a setup for a breakthrough. It's a setup for God to take you to the next level. That's all it is. So, yeah, I'm going through this. Oh, God, oh, all this hell that's happening to me. Well, you know what? God, my time must be here. The devil, you want to mess with me? You want to put a target on my back? You want to make life difficult for me? Then that must mean I'm about to get my blessing. Because remember, everything for her had gotten worse. Right? I mean, she spent everything. But this woman, but I like her because she, she didn't just sit back and just say, woe is me. She said, you know, I heard Jesus is in town and I'm still believing. I'm still hoping. I'm still expecting that this issue of blood, what I've been suffering for, I'm going to get out of this. And what did she do? She stepped forward. She pressed. Look at the name and say press. Press, press, press. See, sometimes in life you've got to press through your obstacles. Sometimes you've got to press through fear. You've got to press through being offended. You got to press through doubt, unbelief, being tired, being angry, being frustrated. You got to press through being mad at people. You got to press. 
See, because there was a lot of people everywhere Jesus went. There was always a bunch of people around him. There was, I mean, people was all over him. And, and, and you know, it was amazing. But, 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 but all these people and this woman who was sick. Now, I, I would imagine she, she's hemorrhaging. She was probably hemorrhaging at that moment even. But she was pressing. She said, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to go. You know, one of the things that, let me tell you something. And I understand my heart because I don't want nobody to, to misunderstand me. But I hate quitters. I don't hate people. I hate the spirit of quitting. You know why? Because if the Bible says that we're more than everything you read in the Bible, it talks about enduring hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, people will quit. Well, you know what? Pastor didn't say hi to me today. I'm leaving. I'm quitting. Well, the boss on the job didn't give me my promotion like I thought I was supposed to get. Well, I'm going to quit. I got somebody over there. <laughs> but let me tell you something. God never made us to be quitters. See, we live in a society today, people quit too easy. They just want, every time a little bit of hardship come, well, you know, that's it, time to move on. Well, you know, boy, if that was the case, we would never got the gospel because those brothers all the time had to press. They were beaten up. Some of them, were, they were killed in some, I mean, some, some incredible ways. They went through persecution. They went through trials. They went through everything. I mean, you read the Bible. All of them endured. David gets anointed as king. God anointed me. I'm going to be the next king. And all of a sudden, he's, he's a fugitive. Saul is trying to kill him. The brother's sitting at the table eating dinner. And Saul just takes his sword out and trying to kill him. I just got anointed. I'm anointed like God. You ain't supposed to do that. But what did David do? David pressed. David says, you know what, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the run, but you know what, God made me a promise. You need to say whatever you're going through, God made me a promise. God made me a promise. God made me a promise so I can do this. Look at the neighbor and say, I can do this. Don't be quitting just because it gets hard. Don't quit. God didn't make you to be a quitter. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible says you're more than a conqueror. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus says, I give you power to overcome stuff. He gave you the, every, if you're a believer, you got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The Bible says you have a treasure and earthen vessel. There's no quit in the people of God. How many know this woman didn't quit? She said, as long as I'm breathing, there's an opportunity for me to be blessed. And you got to say, as long as I'm breathing. As long as there's breath in my body, ain't no quit. I don't care what the doctors say. I know, doc, you said there's nothing else you can do. That's cool. But I, know I got a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. Somebody ought to be saying hallelujah, clapping, shouting. You ought to be doing something because you got a God that can do it. You got a God that can do it. So don't be, look at the name and say, don't quit. Endure. Because your blessing is almost there. Understand that. You see, how many know this woman was desperate? How many have ever been desperate? I mean, she was desperate. <laughs> you know, I believe that God oftentimes, he allows us to be in desperate situations. Because for some of us, we won't trust him otherwise. Because some of us think a little bit too highly of ourselves, if we're honest. <laughs> and sometimes God will put you in situations that you are desperate. That if God don't come through for me, 
I'm not going to make it. Now, we don't like that feeling, right? Because we like to be like Janet Jackson said, I'm in control. You remember that? I can't do that snake thing. I'm a little too stiff. When I was younger, I could, I could do it. I can't do it no more. But, you know, we like that Janet Jackson thing. We like to be in what? Control. We like to know the end in the beginning. We like to be our own God. We like to be able to set the table. We like to be in control. And God comes along, and Deuteronomy chapter 8, you can read it in your own spare time. God said to the son of children of Israel, I let you go hungry. I could have fed you, but I let you go hungry. I let you thirst for a while. Well, God, why did you do that? That, that, that I may show you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God says, so I let you go through those. You mean you let me? Yes, I did, because I needed to humble you. So if you find yourself in a place right now where you're saying, God, if you don't help me, I ain't going to make it, you're in a good place. Well, Pastor, it don't feel good. That's okay. Stay there and watch God deliver you. See, you, you wouldn't know God, God could solve your problem if you didn't have one that he could solve. And so when you find yourself in a situation where you say, I'm desperate, God, if you don't come through for me, you're in a good place. Because God got, God, God got to show up. God got to do something. And let me tell you something. Paul says, look, I rejoice in my weaknesses. Isn't that what Paul said? Paul said, I take pleasure in my infirmities. He's because I've learned that when I'm at my weakest point, my lowest point, then the power of God rests on me. How many of you want the power? Because see, the power of God will cause you to overcome everything in your life, every trial, every temptation, every situation. You'll overcome it. She, I like when she, she touched him with faith. Boy, this is deep. Y'all stay I'm almost done. She touched him with faith. You know what she said? She said, if I can just get my hands on the hem of his garments, if I can touch his clothes, if I can get my hands on him, I'll be made well. How many know that's a woman of faith right there? She didn't say, well, I'm hoping if I get my hands on his garments, that I'm hoping that I'll get, well, I don't know. No, no, she said, the whole, whole thing, I mean, hemorrhaging and all, she's pressing in, going through the crowd. I imagine she probably knocked some folk out of the way. Sometimes you just got to knock people out of the way. <laughs> Sometimes people, you just got to, you know, I'm sorry to be rude, but I ain't got no time for you. You're in my way. What God is calling me to do, I have time for this. I got too much to do. Some folk, you just got to push, excuse me. And sometimes when you want to get your blessings, you got to say, sometimes you don't have time to say, excuse me, to move. <laughs> Just move. God got something you want to do. I ain't got time for you. I don't want to entertain your unbelief, your doubt. I don't want you in my way. Move. If you get really spiritual, you just say, you don't say nothing. I imagine that this woman was pressing through. She's pressing through the crowd. She's pressing through because she needs to be healed. She knows that if she don't get her breakthrough, she's going to die. She knows I'm, I'm dead. But, 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 but what was it about this woman that, 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 that she decided that I'm going to press through? She pressed through even though she's sick. And, and there was no real guarantee other than her faith. And wouldn't you know, that out of all the people touching Jesus, that was a bunch of people touching him. This woman come and touch him. She says, well, first of all, I, I, if I touch him, I'm going to be made well. And uh, everybody been touching Jesus all day. You know, every, everywhere Jesus went, people were touching him with fear. People were touching him with unbelief. 
People was touching him with anger. People was touching him with frustration. People was touching him with selfishness. They were touching him all. No, he responded to any of that. But here comes this woman hemorrhaging, needing a breakthrough, needing God to move on her behalf. She touches him, and Jesus, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, that was hundreds, if not thousands of people touching him. What's up with this? And Jesus said, the disciples said, Lord, why you ask us that dumb question? That's a whole bunch of people. He said, no, no, you don't understand. His power went out of me. Somebody touched me with faith. Let me tell you something. You want to touch heaven, brother, sister? Let me tell you something. You need to grow your faith. Grow your faith. When you touch God with faith, God will move on your behalf. That's what happened. And let me tell you, you know what else is significant about that? Now, I want you to, and God showed me this yesterday when I was in study, that oftentimes, you know, when Jesus got ready to heal somebody, right, he would make eye contact with them. He would talk to them, right? He would say, what do you want me to do? Do you want to be made well? He would heal them. There's nothing in the Bible that says he even knew this woman. He wasn't even having conversation with her. He probably had never even saw that woman. And because Jesus responds, see, faith and God are like, they're like magnets. They attract. And because her level of faith was so high, she touched him and it captured Jesus and stopped him dead in his track. Before he could even think, I'm going to heal you, woman, it was already done. Mm, Do you hear that? So that means, watch this, your level of faith. See, you, know, you ever met some people? There are some folks you meet. And I've been in, in circles. I meet some giants of the faith. And they just make me look like a little mice. And I've met, I met men, women of God that got strong. You can tell they've been practicing. Boy, they got big faith. They walk into a room. They walk into an atmosphere. Boy, they got faith to believe God for big stuff. You know how they got there? Through a process of growing their faith, practicing their faith. That's how you're going to get there. You know, you don't just get saved yesterday, and then you become a giant in the faith. No, you're going to have to stumble. You're going to miss God a little bit, but you keep going. You keep going. And before you know long, brother, you're believing God for big stuff, and God is using you. This woman had a level of faith that was so high that Jesus didn't even have a chance to think about it. Faith just healed her. Boom, she was healed. And the Bible says at that very hour, her issue dried up. Now, sometimes God heals quickly. Sometimes he heals through a doctor. Sometimes there's a delay. But you know what this tells me? That whatever the case, my only option is faith. My only option is I got to live in faith. Because I know that that is the framework or that is the vehicle in order to get to God. I got to believe. No matter what. And you know what Jesus said to her? Watch this. He said to her, daughter, your faith, your faith has made you well. Not me. Your faith in me has made you well. So you know what that tells me? She had big faith. Jesus, your faith, woman, it's your faith. There was another scripture in the Bible where one woman come to Jesus. She said, Jesus, Jesus, heal my daughter, heal my daughter. Jesus, well, it's not, it's not right for me to give the gospel, give the, the meat to the dogs. And he wasn't, he wasn't degrading her. He was just saying, is, you know, that, that I'm, I came first for the house of Israel. That's my primary responsibility. And, and, and then the woman said, the woman said but, but, but Lord, even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. 
And you know, Jesus said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Bid unto you. And she got what she was believing God for because Jesus, listen, he responds to faith. It's just the way it is. It works that way. It just works that way. So you want to touch God, you got to listen. You got to raise your level of faith. You got to believe. You got to believe. You got to take God at his word. Read his word. Do what his word says. Well, pastor, how do I get there? Well, number one, you got to, you got to, you got to be committed to his word. Walk in his word. When I say walk, that means live it. Live it out. Go through a series of falling down and but you stay in the fight, you keep going, and after a while, you stay committed to the word, you stay in God's presence, before long, you be walking in big faith. People be begging you, brother, sister, will you pray for me? Because you know how to get to heaven. You know, and, and, you know people, and people have been doing that, and people do that for years. They'll come to me, they'll say, Pastor, pray for me. And sometimes I look at them, you know, and I'll pray for them. I'll pray for everybody who asks me to. But sometimes, don't be alarmed, sometimes I say, well, are you praying? Are you praying? Are you praying for you? Because I want you to have a level of expectancy. Because I'm no different than you. God is no respecter of persons. So what God will do for one, he'll do for you. Isn't that good to know? But, but, but you have to have a level of a faith. If I want a God encounter, I got to believe that something is going to happen. I got to have faith. I got to believe that when I leave here today, my encounter, my moment, my opportunity is going to happen. I got to believe that. In closing, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. All right? Think about that for a moment. Faith without work is dead. How did Abraham demonstrate his faith? What is a primary way that you can think of for you Bible scholars out there? How many, what's a primary way that Abraham demonstrated his faith? You can answer Talk to me. He obeyed it, but what in particular did he do to demonstrate he believed God? He had faith, but what in particular did he do? i tell you what he did. Sacrifice. Somebody said it. He took his son. Now, God had been promising Abraham, boy, I'm going to bless you and you and your seed, Isaac. I'm going to bless you and make you a multitude, uh, make you a mighty nation. But then he have Isaac, the promised seed, and God says, okay, now I want you to go take the, the promised seed, the one you're supposed to have the, the blessing through, where the bless, I want you to take him and sacrifice him for me. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have been like, I ain't hearing right. You mean to tell me I've been waiting all these years, and you said for me that this is the promised seed, and now you want me to go sacrifice him? God, you out of your mind. What's wrong with you? Who talking to me? But you know what Abraham said? You know what the Bible said concerning Abraham? The Bible said Abraham just went and did it. He took that boy up the mountain. And he put that boy across. This is, in, this is in Genesis. Read it. And he laid him down. And he took up the knife and got ready to kill him. And you know what? And the angel had to come and stop him. And you know what the Bible says? That, that Abraham believed. He believed God so much. He said, well, if God made me a promise that in Isaac my seed shall be called, and Isaac, all the nations shall be blessed, then obviously, if God's telling me to kill him, then he's going to raise him back up. You know what, you know, essentially what he was saying is that God will fulfill his word. Whatever God says, it is going to happen. And Abraham is called the father of our faith. So I want to ask you this question this morning. You say you believe God. 
then what are you doing to show God you believe him? What action is corresponding with your faith to show God that you really believe what the word of God says? What are you doing? Because I can sit down all, all day long and say, Lord's going to bless me. Lord's going to bless me. Lord's going to bless me. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me. Give me a job. Give me a job. Give me a job. But how many know if you got to read it, one of that at some point? You got to get out of the house and go knock on a couple doors. You got to go text, email, talk to somebody, give them a resume. Because God don't just drop things just like, you know, it just don't happen. How many know that, 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 that God, faith causes action. We move. Yes. See, that woman that had an issue, what did she do? She moved. She didn't stay where she was. She said, I believe I'm going to get my healing. And well, what's the evidence, woman, that you're going to get your healing? Watch me knock these people out of my way. And what was she saying? I believe it. I believe it. And here's how I'm going to prove to you I believe it. Every head is bowed.